0: All right. So you sent a series of questions that you wanted some answers to. Yes. Um, Yeah. So your first question was about older Australians and what risks are they prone to if they're on low incomes or don't own their own homes? I think the main issue is if you're on a fixed income for any age group, if you're trying to survive in the current market that we have where rents are just increasing, beyond what your fixed income can afford, then you're in trouble. And for older Australians, getting some sort of employment has been difficult because of ageism and because the pension, the government requirements didn't allow you to work very many hours on your pension. Now, the government's recently made some adjustments to that because they know the difficulties older people are facing Generally in Australia, we talk about uh, rental affordable housing affordability being thirty percent of your income. Sometimes when people do that, they include you know the costs of living as well. But if you're just taking rent, it shouldn't be more than thirty percent of your income. And what we find is a lot of older people are paying between fifty and ninety percent of their income right. just to keep the roof over their heads. So if that's the case then they're foregoing other things in life that they need, like other groups in the community, in essence. But for older people, it can be quite delirious for their health or um, not delirious, but um, greatly affect their health. Yeah. So they go without food, they go without heating and cooling. If you're an older person and you you overheat a lot quicker or the cold can affect your health quite substantially, then you're not so resilient. They go without medicines, they go without going to the doctors. So if they've got any sort of medical condition, being on a low income and being in the private rental market means that's at risk. It also means they may not be able to afford aged care services and support services that they yeah. need. Having to move, you know, one you know, if they only got one year leases and they have to continually move, they can't afford the cost of moving. They can't afford yeah. to move the, their possessions, let alone Pay the connection costs for water and electricity and gas and all those sorts of things. Plus, it's very stressful for anyone to have to keep moving. Um, oh, for sure. So, so that all also takes its toll.
1: A question, real quick about about this: like, is there a divergence you're seeing between the people on lower incomes that own their home? And the people that are on lower incomes that are either still renting or haven't paid off their home, is there a divergence in that?
0: Sure. So the issue there is if if you're a homeowner and you've paid your house off outright, then essentially you're getting a, a bonus to the pension in that housing is seen as like the fourth pillar of income in this country so our right. pension rate is as high as so in some other countries but we have much higher rates of home ownership and so that prevents you from having to pay rent which means that you can have a reasonable living as an mm. older person you can survive on the age pension if you're a homeowner and you own your home if you don't own your home then that's an extra cost that you have to find what we're finding is that older people are falling out of home ownership Mm. So that's never been a trend that's happened before, but it's happening now. A, because uh, their partner dies, they're left with a house that still has a mortgage, but on a single pension income, if they don't have any cash behind them, on a single person's income um, pension, that's a lot harder to pay off. So sometimes they lose their house. And one of the issues with that is that banks are reluctant to lend money to older people even if they only need, say their house is worth half a million dollars and they only need $30,000, the bank won't lend them the money because it, they see it as a high risk. Mm-hmm. And we think if they did some studies, they'd find that that's not the case because there's enough value in their house to recuperate that 30000 Yeah. Yeah. Um, but they also don't want the publicity of having foreclosed on an older person, I think. Um, yeah, oh, for sure. But there, there are issues around the financing, so... Ill health, um, loss of a partner, divorce. Um, Sometimes the, the female is left with the house, but it may have costs and mortgages associated with it. Some older people sign their house over to their children and then their children kick them out. So there are a whole lot of reasons why older people are falling out of home ownership. Also, a lot of older people are now carrying mortgages into older age, so they retire with a mortgage. Um, which didn't happen previously. You know, in the Mm. old traditional way, you paid off your house. But people move from house to house more, they upgrade, they take on greater mortgages. There was a time when banks were suggesting that if you had any loans or credit card debt or anything, you put it all together into one loan to pay off. Mm. And I think they recommend that now. But that then means that some people were just caught out with you know, instead of being able to pay off chunks, pay the credit card off, pay the car off, pay whatever, they've they got this huge mortgage that they, they can't pay. So moving into retirement, again, they can be caught out by having essentially a, a rental payment to make. So that's becoming an issue. Going forward, there are less and less people who will be homeowners by the time they're 65, so particularly in the 55 to 64 age group and the group before that, there's been quite a decrease in people who will be homeowners going forward. I mean, once you get to your mid-30s, if you haven't bought a home or entered the home ownership market, the chances mm. are that you won't, you, you never will. Now that may change going forward. So there's like, like a tsunami of older people coming that mm. aren't going to be homeowners, are going to be looking for rental accommodation, there is not the social housing. I mean, we've neglected social housing for at least two to three decades in this country, and you can't pick up on that in a few years. You know, if you've neglected yeah. it for 30 years, you've decreased the number of social housing units you have, you've changed the eligibility criteria, then you can't turn that around in five or ten years. No. So social housing is is not going to be the answer unless there's huge major investment. Private rental uh, was seen as the way to go through uh, Commonwealth rent assistance because that would then give people choice as to where they could live rather than public housing being in set places. Right. But Commonwealth rent assistance hasn't increased in value over, you know, two decades. So the research suggests that there should be an increase of 40% in Commonwealth rent assistance to keep up with um, inflation and the cost of housing. Again, but... It's like most funds and things they put in place. As soon as you increase that, it increases the cost of the housing, you know, yeah. people out, out each other.
1: Yeah, um, for I wonder, people, real quick, sorry, just for people yeah, listening. No, you
0: interrupt at any time and ask a question. Yeah, that
1: that's time. a good, that's a good, first thing, real quick, for people listening, you're Dr. Debbie Faulkner or Professor, which yeah. do you prefer?
0: I'm a doctor, I'm not a professor. I okay, sorry, that's all
1: good, that's mm-hmm. all good. I don't understand the difference in the terminology, but I just wanted to get it correct. So I'm chatting oh. to Dr. Debbie Faulkner. She's from the University of South Australia, and she did a paper that we're going to link to. There's a PDF you can find online for a, a paper, the alternative housing models for precariously housed older Australians. And just basically talking about the question I had for you with that then is, obviously economically i feel like in australia we don't think of the older australians as people pardon me who are producing or contributing as much to society or the economy once they get older so maybe their interests or their needs get put on the back burner once you hit a certain age because maybe you're not doing as much as someone in their 30s but Obviously, from what you've said, some of the societal implications of not having enough housing that's suitable for older people who need that housing, especially lower income people, because rents are just going out of control. If the average rent is four fifty dollars for a house a week, most people don't have that sort of money to then be able to pay for everything else, let alone someone who's older who might be on a pension. Aside from homelessness rising, which we're already seeing for older women in that age age range, what other issues do you think we're going to face if there isn't, if there aren't things done by government to address it? What else are we going to see in the future?
0: Well, we're going to see more people trying to struggle in the private rental market. So mm. their wellbeing is going to deteriorate. So, you know, landlords are not so keen on making adjustments to, to houses to fit mm. the mobility needs of older people either. You'll see people living in uh, conditions that aren't really of a high standard or, or mm. a standard that most of us would expect because they have to take what's on offer. Yeah. Um, a lot of uh, homelessness for older people is hidden because they stay with family and friends. Um, or they circle through family and friends. You know, if you heard the term couch surfing, that's what a lot of youth do as well. Um, But you can only do that for so long. Mm. Um, Older people are not, well, haven't been. They're getting better at it. Older people are not good at asking for help. Mm. Um, um, They have a pride about that they should be coping. Um, Also, they don't know where to go to get help. You know, they're not familiar with the housing market. They're not familiar with the private rental market. They can go to homelessness services, which are becoming much more attuned to older people. But in the past, you know, they hadn't really dealt with older people. So they they didn't know. They weren't knowledgeable about what services they should be referring them to. Um, because the, so the service support service system is about personal relationships. It's about yeah. workers in systems knowing each other. And so if you don't know where to refer an older person to... Um, then that gets hard. Those service systems, homelessness service systems, and other service systems are under great pressure because there's so many. I mean, you just have to hear about the food banks and you know the demands, the meals mm. on wheels. The demands on them are increasing as older people struggle to survive in a housing market that's just you know where housing affordability is is terrible. I mean, yesterday there was a report that um, the cost of housing or renting in Adelaide is higher now than it is in New York. Now, I don't know how how correct that is, but, you know, it's difficult to see the system or the the housing market sort of levelling out. Um, The situation has just become worse and worse over time. And for a long time, the governments have just ignored housing issues. Um, they no longer do. It's now uh, an issue on their agenda. Yeah. Um, but that's because it started to impact not only youth and older people but families and and working people, you know, um, nurses and educators and police who are earning a, a, a wage but with the cost of living are finding that difficult as well. You know, we hear about people having to go and get two or three jobs. To be able to survive and support their families, so it has hit the political agenda now. But yeah, it, it's going to take a long time to turn around, mm. and in the, and older people don't have that time essentially. No. You now they no. have um, limited lifespan; they don't have thirty years to accumulate wealth again. You know, if they don't have it when they retire, some of them do have a small a small amount of money or superannuation, but as rents go up. That's what they then do, pay their rent to hold their house or their rental accommodation by spending the small amount of super they've got. Mm. So somehow we have to develop housing models that would enable people to not waste that money on renting and buying someone else's house for someone else, but investing that money in some sort of equity product where they own part of it, they have some Mm. stability staying where they are, where they have tenure security, where they have, A reasonable standard of housing that's connected to community um, as well.
1: Part of the paper that I read, the executive summary, at least that PDF that I'll link to, you talked about the need for more. You didn't say so. Medium density to medium density housing to me sounds like not huge skyscraper buildings of apartments, but something a little more, I don't know, like maybe a 12 block or something.
0: Two to three stories medium right. density.
1: Yeah. And so one of the solutions you were talking about was uh possibly building medium density housing that's suitable for the needs of these older people, but uh, but not out on the, you know, the out outer city fringes not far away in the burbs in places where transport is is uh close by closer to amenities closer to hospitals closer to you know the things that most people would hope to be able to get to but obviously if you're an older person having it closer by so maybe you don't have to drive to it or whatever would be helpful too like yeah I, i don't know like I, I don't know how the government would go about doing that, but you suggested social housing builds and more emphasis on that and subsidies for affordable housing through developers. Do you reckon you could explain to people, like in the paper, what sort of subsidies would be necessary and why government, why do developers need encouragement from government to to build affordable housing?
0: Because developers are often out to make... A profit on what they're doing, mm. and that's hard when you're trying to build housing for people in need because yeah. you need to sell it to the highest bidder. But the paper that you're talking about is just one of four papers in a project. Okay. Okay. So there are this is the, the final uh, inquiry report for that uh, will be out sort of by the middle of the year. It's currently being reviewed, and that sort of pulls all of the studies together. But things like if you develop a private retirement village, then you have to pay GST on everything you do. So just being exempt from GST would help. You know, the insurance costs. You know, there's a whole range of things. You know, availability of land, although I heard the our planning minister this morning saying that they're asking local councils to identify land that could be opened up for affordable housing. So there's a whole range of things, but often the the different parts of government have to be talking to our, to each other. So, the, yeah. like you were saying, the house, you know, whoever's developing the housing, whoever's developing the transport, land release, taxes, you know, there's a whole range of things. And there are a whole lot of from our research, we found there is a whole lot of innovators out there. There are, there are there are developers and people doing things, but they're doing it in isolation. And it may work in one state because of the planning regulations or the government support in that state, but it doesn't necessarily work in another state. And as I said, those innovators are working individually. They're not really connected up to a network of, of people who are working together to develop ideas. Um, and that that's just a maturity of the market, I, I guess. I mean, public housing has always been the answer for older people in terms of housing for those that are on low incomes but there's such demand and in this state in south australia just being an older person is not a qualifying criteria now for public housing in new south wales the to get priority public housing you have to be 80 years old uh, on the new south wales public housing waiting list i think in victoria it's 55 years and over so as you can see just in terms of public housing criteria to get priority access varies across the state yeah so you know there, there's no consistency in that either
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah i mean the government is moving towards investing in in social housing but a thousand houses aren't going to go far yeah um across all age groups you know it's every age group is under pressure at the moment it's just older people don't have the time they don't have 10 years to wait for something to be developed.
1: Something you spoke about too in the paper as, as um something to consider when I think about like, obviously the, the really uh, bandaid solution people, not bandaid solution, the real like platitude statement you can say is we need more supply. Mm-hmm. Like that's the, the most simple answer you can give, but you can't just click your fingers and have houses everywhere, unfortunately. So, Right now we're seeing a lot of government suggestions in different states around things like capping rents to make sure that people can keep up with their rent payments because they'll get priced out of the market and then we have one more person on the homelessness list waiting for affordable housing or whatever, which I guess are are band-aid solutions, but they could be
0: I mean, you know. Private rental operators would then say, "Well, if that's the case, I've still got a mortgage to pay. Yeah. Um, you know, I'll just drop out of the market." Yes. So, whatever you try to do, you have to consider what are the repercussions of yeah. of what of what you do, and we're not always good at understanding that, or no. not always willing. I mean, a lot of housing researchers will argue that the one way you'll fix the housing problem is get rid of negative gearing and change the capital gains tax uh, on on second dwellings, et cetera. Mm. The government, you know, balks at that. This, they know that that's, you know, that's what the housing researchers are suggesting, but they're not going to go down that track because they know mm. that politically it, it's not a good thing to do.
1: Yeah.
0: Whether they can do it bit by bit slowly.
1: And like you said earlier, like speaking from the broking side of things, when uh not all mortgage brokers do this and i don't speak to enough mortgage brokers to know if it's a if it's a uh a common thing to do in this trade but um we we basically write down with every loan application we give to any bank the exit strategy of the customer we have so we say we're aware that so we're aware that let's say uh let's say use me as an example and i'm 45 we're we're aware that Damo's forty, Damien's forty five. He's planning on staying in the workforce for another ten years. At which he's got passive income, let's say, from another investment coming in, that's going to sub- supplement his pension, and that's going to pay the mortgage costs until he pays it off in twenty years from now. So we have a pl- we tell the banks why they're going to be fine until the 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 life of the loan has ended. I'm not sure if that's an everyday thing for brokers. That's just something yeah. we do within our business, you know. But first first port of call is to call your bank. Cause if you're in mortgage stress or you're worrying about mortgage stress, the 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 best thing to do is see what options the bank gives you. Cause the banks will give you options of like like again during COVID they gave people mortgage repayment holidays, especially investors, because the government was telling people, if your tenant, this happened in Victoria when I was living there, if your tenant can't pay your rent, you can't kick them out because it's a pandemic. So they were telling banks, you can't charge your, like if if I've got an investment, I don't have to pay my mortgage for six months because I can't charge my tenant rent if they tell the government they can't pay their rent. And there were ways to do it. And it, so, yeah, like those are, those are right. options that yeah. banks will try to do again, I think. I think banks will hopefully work with people if they're struggling with that stuff for sure.
0: Yeah. I mean, COVID was a special issue because that was 100%. about health. They, yeah, didn't yeah, want, yeah. they didn't want people out on the streets. I mean, they took homeless people off the streets and put them in motels to make sure that you know they couldn't spread um COVID because we didn't quite understand it or you know have the resistance to it then
1: so yes and I'm all for that stuff like that was that was great I'm not saying it's a bad thing like it was a thing you know like it was good that we we had to find a way to support people regardless of where they were whether they were a tenant or a landlord or whatever and they made sure banks were doing that and like uh, yeah I was for that for sure and, and
0: yeah and isn't that interesting that when the government had to act they acted yeah. immediately and they oh, found, yeah. they found solutions when they had to yeah um, I think they're now arguing that we're paying for that now because of the debt incurred but and I'm not an economist so don't ask yeah. me to explain all of that
1: yeah
0: but you know when they had to find something when they had to find the money when they had to do something. Um, they were they were able to do it um the thing also is i think in terms of the difficulties with housing is that um housing is a state issue so the federal government gives the states money and then it's allocated from there so yeah um, it's not like the health system is a federal policy area whereas housing is a state issue so i think that makes it a, a lot harder for the federal government to control what happens in a housing perspective um, in state budgets. I mean, they have, you know, the state governments get given a certain amount of money and they have obligations they need to meet in regards to that money. But even so, the control of what happens and how it happens is is a state matter. Yeah. So I think that makes it difficult too to control from a federal level what the policies around housing should be.
1: Sorry, last one for for the before we get out of here. Then you talk about rental reform considerations to sort of improve this situation. Could you explain some of those? Like what what rental reform? Sorry, what reforms to rental protections you would uh, maybe put forward to government to consider? And to sure. be specific, we'll say South Australia because that's like again state to state. There's so many sure. differences. If that's all right with you. Sure. So,
0: so people are calling for some control over rent, so they can't go up, you know, you, you can have a reasonable rent rise each year, but not 20 or 30%, you know, like if it's one or 2%, then that's probably manageable, because the pension will is connected to the CPI. So yeah, so some sort of rent control over how much you can increase um, the rent of your property. It would be good to see some improved standards about the quality of the housing that's available and better mechanisms, I think, for people to be able to complain about that housing because people become really... In a tight market as well, people won't complain about the issues that they're facing because they don't want to lose their tenure. The sort of no-fault ending of of, um, tenure agreements, um, we don't... So in Europe, you know, they have long-term rental, you know, 10, 20 lifetime rental. We don't have that here, you know, we have 12 months if you're lucky, some organizations might sign like a five-year agreement with their tenant, but each year they still have to sign off on that. So you know longer term, if we could have five, 10 year leases that show some stability and enable people to plan and you know become yeah more settled I guess in their life. Some people are arguing for the allowance of pets in private rental you talk to landlords they're not so keen on that idea mm. but you know just allowing for particularly for people who are on their own the only companion that stops them becoming isolated and and um, feeling really lonely is a pet yeah a you know, it can be your your best companion your best friend particularly if you're not driving and you're confined to home a lot of the time until a carer or a friend can come and get you because you can't necessarily walk to the to the bus or get on the bus these days you can't afford to pay for a taxi so or an uber so you know um constant companion is often a pet so but then you know that will bring bias into the market as well i suppose in the sense mm-hmm. that some landlords won't take people with children they won't take migrants they won't you know they'll find a reason to say that the person with the pet wasn't because of the pet it was because of something some other reason yeah so there'll be you know issues like that as well so yeah anything if 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 private rental is no longer just a transitory tenure which that's what it's been in the past you went there for you know 12 months two years a few months before you moved between before you moved into social housing or you moved into home ownership or yeah you know, between leaving the parental home and moving into your own if it's no longer a transitionary uh, form of tenure and it's going to become uh, a long-term form of tenure and a major pillar of housing in this country, then we really have to think about well, how do we make that better for tenants and not just for landlords because they're going to be living there for a long period of time. I mean, in social housing you know, um, you can have a pet. So retirement villagers are starting to look at bringing in pets. Now, they might have controls around how big and what type and whatever, mm. but at least they're considering it because they're seeing that a lot more people are living on their own these days than in yeah. the past. And so they need, they need companions. So they're the sorts of things, longer tenure, um, no fault, you know, a reason why people get evicted, some sort of control over how much rents can go up. Um, not just this open market, and understanding that, as you're saying, you know, if people have a mortgage on their property, um, but they're also claiming tax credits through negative gearing and yeah. whatever, so, you know, how do we find the balance that yeah. enables people to invest in private rental housing but also manage the quality and the suitability of that housing mm. from the tenant's perspective?
1: For sure, yeah.
0: So, far? Yeah. so it's finding that. That balance and i'm not saying it's easy it's going to be trial Mm -hmm. and error but we have to start thinking like that because we can't see it not becoming a major form of you know like a lifetime tenure for people you know they're never going to be getting to home ownership they're always going to be paying Um, rents and if those rents aren't capped like in social housing so in social housing you pay You know, if you're on a very low income, you only pay twenty five to thirty percent, or community housing, it's capped, so those people can survive. But in the private rental, there's 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 nothing like that. So
1: yeah, yeah, it's an interesting one, right? Like I was renting and have been a renter since. The end of uh, December, I I settled on a house out in Dubbo in regional New South Wales. The end of December and moved in, but before then, have only had bad experiences with rent uh, mm-hmm. with landlords. So so speaking to a lot of people in the industry who tend to be in their you know mid to late forties or older who have not rented for years who think that all landlords are great people, <laughs> I try to remind them that like most young people rent longer now because it's harder than it used to be or it's sorry, it's not harder than it used to be maybe to get a house. It's harder to save for a deposit based on how expensive it is to just live now than maybe it was back in the day. Mm-hmm. And, and so, so how do you save you a know,
0: deposit when you're paying all your money in rent to someone else? Yeah, it's really hard.
1: Yeah, it's tough. And uh, yeah, that that balance is what I'm trying to at least remind people we need to think of because government have lots of reforms for renters, which I sort of agree with where like if you're a landlord and you can't afford to make sure that your apartment or your house you're renting is the bare minimum of livable, why are you a landlord? You shouldn't be a landlord if you're well, trying to cut you want, costs you know you
0: want the land value well the value is in the land isn't it yeah, not yeah. in the house so yeah. if it, if it's if it's to uh, improve your wealth then house doesn't matter it's it's the value of the land isn't it yeah so
1: yeah so it's going to be weird like i reckon sometimes the the way to get rid of all this was if we stopped we, we started, uh, we tried not to encourage housing being treated as an investment class, but I'm not sure anybody in my industry is going to listen to me for that. And um, we're sort of running out of time here. So I wondered if there was anything you wanted to let people know about to be able to keep in touch with what work you're doing, is there a link you want to share? Otherwise, when you guys re- re- uh, release the rest of your reports, I'd love to talk to you again and and, and sort of hear sure. more about what's going on, if you'd like. Sure.
0: Yeah, if you're looking for things on housing, you go to the uh, Huri website, Australian Housing and Urban Research Institute, and you can search by topic or author or whatever so this inquiry report from which the project b that you're uh, referring to this should be all uh, online by yeah june july i think it's a it's a bit of a long process you write the reports then they go out for someone to review them then they come back to you and you make the corrections and the changes that are suggested and then they get published so yeah, it's highly scrutinised what you say and what you do to make sure mm. that what you're saying is balanced and correct and the processes right. that you've heard. So, yeah, so the Ahuri website is the place to go if you're interested in housing issues for anyone, you know,
1: okay. or
0: about anyone. So, okay,
1: yeah. easy. Debbie, love your work. I'll put a link to the 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 Institute website in here. And thanks again for your time. I really appreciate it.
0: You're welcome. You're welcome.